to do a sound effect. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Oh, cat's upset. <laughs> welcome to AD Storytelling, the podcast in which we explore the myths and legends of our time, the past, the present, and the future in no particular order, and sometimes with less than perfect focus. I am Tucker, and I am joined, as always, by our effervescent, diaphanous, and neurodivergent Hurstus Medi. Host is good. Hi, I'm Maddie. It's all good. We also have another delightful visitor here. This is our second guest after our first guest, which is a weird Bible stories. You should definitely go check that out. Hey, this is Miranda. I'm Miranda. I'm uh, Tucker's BFF, and he insisted I come on the show today. I really like Especially since they're just really prepubescent siblings as only child adopting each other type siblings. So, like, they never had a real sibling. They have to really live that fantasy out right now. Constantly. It gets Every better. Part of my life. Every time she explains our relationship, yeah. it gets better. It gets more accurate. <laughs> really, like, we've lost a lot of material here to the ether in our attempts to record this podcast this morning, but I think we're really distilling down the nature of our relationship the more we record it. I clicked the wrong button the second time, so that was that was a me problem. Not and it became an problem. us problem, though. It did. To be fair. I clicked the wrong button. Yeah. It's okay. Well. Tucker, what are we talking about today? Don't don't do that. I've got a whole thing. We've always strived to keep this podcast full of research, informative, and downright scholarly, Maddie. As I'm sure you all know, Slenderman listeners. Slenderman was really scholarly. As it was. Episode. There was no... Bitch! Bitch! I love Slenderman. Fucking listen to the podcast, Bitch! <laughs> God. That was a video podcast one, too. It's everything you ever wanted. It is everything I ever wanted because I fucking love Slender. <laughs> no! God. We did a whole podcast on uh, Last Night in Soto, too. Mm-mm. You would. You 100% would. Just a fucking spite Probably on actually. Avatar The Last Airbender, and no, I wouldn't we will, even know. But we haven't yet. <gasps> we actually have discussed it. Have me on for that one. We did kind of discuss it last time no the time before Two weeks ago. even if you won't have me Anyone on tells. i'm gonna show up for that one this is, this <laughs> just is like be at the window like hey guys this i'm here for the, the most chaotic oh my God. <laughs> go ahead and say your thing my dear <laughs> <laughs> do that intro so like know. i said we try to keep it well informed research you know like slender man that good one everyone's favorite that miranda's <laughs> listened to <laughs> multiple times I've listened to it. And I would say that edutainment is truly imbued in most of, if not all, the content that we've put out so far. We here at ADD Storytelling want to weave together narratives and tales that span cultures and eons, while also giving folks insights into some lesser-known mythologies, stories, and histories. It makes me proud to have been on this journey with you, Maddie, and I'm beyond honored to have been invited to participate in this project. That's not me reading from a script. That's off the cuff, as I'm sure you can all tell. This brings me to the present moment the present and future that is this episode to follow. I know it's not easy for you to give up the host reins, Maddie, and it truly means a great deal to me that you have. Yeah, I'd like to say I'm just getting better at it as time goes on, and in fact, I might be getting worse. <laughs> really? At giving up the reins? I, I, it's so hard. I like to be in control of things. <laughs> that was also a good read, man. That's good. It's not a read. This is off the cuff. Oh, With totally. all that being said, totally. Yeah, we the, context laid, the context laid out, the appreciations acknowledged, 
given. What are we talking about? I begin to divulge I'm so curious. I don't know the answer. On today's topic. What is it? We're talking about weird shit falling out of the sky. Weird shit falling out of the sky. Is this going to be like our weird Bible tales episode? No, Where, because I'm running it. Do bears fall out of the sky? Maybe. No. What about beets? Did you guys talk about Veggie Tales in the Bible one? No, we did not talk about Veggie Tales. We should, because those are the weirdest Bible tales. What constitutes weird shit falling out of the sky? You might ask. <laughs> I'm glad you did ask that. This we is did, all I'm going to be talking about for the next part of the hour. What? We did, and we have. You should keep it a secret because I like to be surprised. All Except right. I don't. I hate surprises. There have been what I call a genuinely <laughs> shocking amount of recorded instances of bizarre, baffling, perplexing, confounding, stupefying, vexing, dumbfounding, astonishing, and flabbergasting items or creatures falling from the heavens with, in some cases, no direct relation to weather or any kind of causal action. I That's think one of them is going to be fish. Is causal a word? Yeah, bitch. I think so. <laughs> Well, we got your classics. We got frogs. We got stones. We got fish. Fish are always the thing. I told you it was fish. Yeah, fish are always falling from the sky. And what's Have you that? heard? Um, Murakami, the surrealist person, wrote about fish falling from the sky in Kafka on the Shore, the book that I've read by him. That's a thing. It's a little bit weird, like uh, possibly incestuous, but it's ambiguous. Isn't that like most literature? Is like. <laughs> Murakami, though, Possibly, like, if not, like, overtly incestuous, yeah. Yeah. We're just not sure, like, maybe it's his sister, but we're not 100%. Tight. Oh, so it's, like, old boy. Yeah. Where it's, like, maybe it's his daughter. Okay, explain well, this to me. Worse. How can one be an old boy? I, I actually feel boy? like brother-sister is better than father-daughter by 100%. 100%. 100. 100%. It's the age difference or something. I yeah, think. it's a power <laughs> imbalance. Like, yeah. parent-child is more power imbalance than sibling-sibling. One of my favorite um, I'm gonna burn this house lesbian <laughs> I'm gonna anime burn this slash house uh, I swear to God. anime slash manga What are you thing. talking I'm sorry, about? we're trying to talk about incest, Tucker. <laughs> it's vaguely incestuous, but they're stepsisters and they're the same age. I can't even get through my intro. Citrus. <laughs> Citrus is very good. Would recommend. Great ending. <laughs> Would you guys like to hear my favorite incest fiction? Oh, yeah, what me. is it? Okay, God it's uh, it. my favorite novel, Secret History. It's Twincest. In Twincest. Yeah, Twincest. It's not Game of Thrones. No. Okay, let's go back to what Tucker wants to yeah. yeah. I had a rhythm going. <laughs> <laughs> we got your classics. We got frogs. We got stones. We got fish. Don't go into a tangent about incest. Because it's just fish from the sky. It's much more straight-laced than what we're talking about in terms of incest. I'm so excited. What's your first falling from the sky story? Tucker? We're not getting to that. Well, yeah, we are. We're about to. Oh, geez. Wow. I just led you straight into it, didn't I? Aren't I helpful? Yeah. I'm a co-host. Thanks for that segue. <laughs> Let's start with candy. Candy falling from the sky? Yeah, I like candy, don't you? Is it from Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? Hey, Miranda, can you get yourself together? <laughs> no. A shower of candy is recording as having occurred in some sections of Lake County, California, on the nights of September 2nd and 11th, 1857. Quote, it is said that on both of these nights there fell a shower of candy or sugar. The crystals were from one-eighth to one-fourth of an inch in length and the size of a goose quill. Syrup was made of it by some of the lady residents in this sector. Ew, so they they pick stuff off the ground, they're like, this is a sugar crystal and not ice, and I'm going to make syrup out of it. And that is a common epilogue to all of these tales that involve food falling from the sky. It's always just, yes, and so the local residents made fucking bread of it. 
It, like, they really like to just cook with the mysterious bullshit that comes out of the sky. Does it say what year this is? 1857. I'm sorry, you probably also said the location, but what was the location? I'm not going to tell you, because you should have listened, and maybe you can go back and listen to Sibling, this podcast like the rest of the okay, podcast. Okay, okay, so, but 1857, California. wherever, California? California? Yeah. Okay, actually, California's really nice. I don't know what the fuck they're doing getting stuff from the sky because you can grow tons of shit in California and that's what they do. You can't now. grow candy. Uh, you can, though. How do you grow candy? You, you can grow, grow sugar maple, cane. Sugar cane, maple you, trees. Yeah, you love sugar cane plantations in California. Oh, oh, I'm ready. I don't know because I don't know where all the sugar plantain, plantations are, Tucker. Uh, yeah, they're I don't the, have my sugar Caribbean. plantation map uh, with me. Uh, uh, I didn't bring it. In temperate zones over by the equipment. You mean like tropical zones? Yeah, I did mean, yeah. But there's something about the concise, terse language of, like, antiquated. There's something about the terse, like, concise, like, antiquated reporting that goes on in a lot of these that I very, very much enjoy. Where you can take something like this and just kind of go, Unexplained phenomena rocks quiet suburb of mis- as mysterious gases fill local homes. Balloons were filled with said noxious fumes and frivolity ensued. Just shit like that, where it's just like, it doesn't really give you all the information. Are you going to do them all in the 1950s radio voice? I, I can do all of this in the mid Atlantic. Is it the yeah. 20s? I think so. That's mid Atlantic. This is like mid 20s. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love the mid Atlantic. I know. I like do. the mid Atlantic too. Also, I still don't think Californians have any fucking business eating shit that falls from the sky because they got it nice. Does it say in the book sugar crystals? So mm. I'm like picturing rock candy. Yeah. Is like yeah. that essentially what it was? More than likely. There are a lot of similar events that have occurred where it probably it's... just looked like fucking hail, and they're like, "Hey, let's eat the hail." And that's what I'm sugar. thinking. I'm like, "How do they know it? who first picked it up, put it in their mouth, realized it was sugar?" It's a five year old. Yeah, I'm it sure. Was it was a, I'm sure it was a Mom, kid. Mom, this tastes like candy. As I'm sure all of you listeners can probably infer and tell, I am speaking with two teachers today, so they would actually know what the likelihood of a child picking up sugar and putting it in their mouth. Would I watched be. a kid eat a nickel once, so yeah, they'll they'll eat whatever. Yes. I once watched a four-year-old at Disneyland just lick the hand railing all the way down in the line when we were waiting in line for the, like, rapid ride thingy. So That, that kicks ass, and that totally has to do with things falling from the sky. All of the vaccinations. <laughs> so disgusting. That's so nasty. Sweet. Before we get into another case study, another thing to point out is that in most cases where these anomalous kind of events have occurred with shit falling out of the sky, they're usually reported to have happened in the presence of a single, that's important, single cloud of either red, black, or yellow hue and an otherwise cloudless sky. I know it's because we just watched it, but that's making me think of Nope, the poster where it's mm, just, the, just cloud the cloud with like the balloon coming down. Yeah, so you're, you're already dipping your toe into the UFO uh, aspect of this, aren't you? We don't have to watch the Super Bowl because we already watched the trailer for Jordan Peele's New movie. Upcoming movie. That's the only reason to watch the Super Bowl. We didn't even need any dips for it. I do have a clam dip coming for me. I can't remember that. Your grandma is awesome. She's amazing. I hate you. <laughs> now we come to the portion of our podcast where I get to ask you, the current studio audience, not our listeners at large, um, what they would like to hear discussed first. We have three topics that you can pick from. Unidentified material falling from the sky. Plants and animals falling from the sky, or meat and flesh falling from the sky. Meat. Yeah, I was gonna say. Meat Maddie says flesh. meat. Yeah. Meat. All right. Oh well. Give me that meat. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Give me that meat. 
Love you. Danny's uh, <laughs> a meat machine. <laughs> All right, then we. Will... I can't eat pork. I'm allergic. Don't send us pork jerky. Yeah, we have. Don't been... send us any jerky. We have been... <laughs> just don't, don't send mail us jerky. It. I will uh, accept fish and chicken jerky. Good. Glad we cleared that up. Um, we're gonna start <laughs> in San Francisco in 1851. Then, at the Benicia Army Station near San Francisco, troops on the drill ground were showered with blood and pieces of meat. Apparently beef. <laughs> on July 20th, 1851, specimens, quote... It's like fr- a Slayer concert, except instead of pig blood, it's beef blood. It's just beef. Again, I wonder beef how they could tell it was beef. Someone had to eat it, right? Once, oh, let's keep going. What's specimens, the quote, of the meat? from the size of a pigeon's egg, you know, that common metric, up to that of an orange, end quote, were given to the army surgeon, who described some slices as being slightly tainted. To your point, Miranda. Yeah, someone ate them, them meats. Someone ate them sky them. beefs. If they're coming from the sky, I'm not going to be like, wow, that's fresh meat. <laughs> I mean, the people in California sure did when it was candy. What year was this one? 1851. You know. No, no that's airplanes. Just, that's the mystery. And by the way, the source for today is Mysteries of the Unexplained. What's the author? No author. It's a compendium. Uh, I stole it, actually, from your dead grandmother's house. Yeah, from my dead grandma's house. She has lots of books that she doesn't read, so I have two... Well, she's not alive. Well, she isn't anymore. You might be able to read You should be more sensitive dead. about that. I am sensitive about it, but I'm just saying I'm just uh, correcting you because she doesn't read them because... Didn't read them. She didn't read them, so I stole two of her Sherlock Holmes books, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes and The Return of Sherlock Holmes, and they're very nice leather-bound Reader's Digest books. And they're mine now. And she never noticed. Indeed. Moving on. Do you want to hear another Flesh and Blood? Mm-hmm. All right. Flesh and Blood fell for three minutes and covered some two acres of Mr. J. Hudson's farm near Los Nietos, California, on August 1st, 1869. Where are all these in California? The day California was clear. Has lots of things blood. Blood There's a lot sky, of blood apparently. in the sky in California. The day was clear and windless, and the flesh fell as fine particles as well as in strips from one to six inches long. Short, fine hairs also fell with it. In the article on this phenomenon in the San Francisco Evening Bulletin, dated August 9th, 1869, it was also reported that flesh and blood had fallen in Santa Clara County some two months earlier. I'm just picturing, like, a cow being thrown up into helicopter blades, and, like, that's the kind of, like... Catapulting cows. It gets really boring no, in the not country. not cows catapulting blood and meat. No way. They did cow, plane, falling. But how would the cow turn into blood and meat in the sky? Plane uh, engines. Wind. Plane engines, but 1850s. There's no planes. Fuck. <laughs> no planes. <laughs> I forgot it was the 1850s. Oh, we'll get into Wow, some, I feel dumb now. We'll get into a lot of conjecture in the end. I've got, I've got, uh, theories, y'all, I've got theories about how this can happen, and they have tons of holes in them. Well, my theory is now catapult, and I'm gonna die on that hill. It's not airtight, no. It's not a plane level theory? We'll see. We'll do our final, um, flesh, flesh story that actually has a bit of a roundup to it. Okay. Um, so on Friday, March 3rd, 1876... Flakes of meat fell over an area 100 yards long and 50 yards wide near the Kentucky home of Mr. and Mrs. Allen Crouch. What Not constitutes far from... a flake of meat? That's a good question, actually. And I respect you asking that because that's certainly something I would ask when you're leading the charge on one of these episodes. And you don't have it. Let's discuss. 
what would a flake of meat be? To me, a flake of meat would be something within the one to three inch range. I'm picturing smaller. I'm picturing like fish food flakes, you know, mm-hmm. like the kind that you feed a fish, like the real little ones. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing like when you cut off like a swirling, like if you were like trying to cut butter in like That's a pretty swirl. Oh, like a like when they cut like euro meat. So you're yeah. no. If I'm understanding, it's um, Maddie's picturing something akin to like an orange slice in a cocktail. Yeah, like a peeling like of a the shaving. meat on the top, like a shaving of the meat is what I'm, pre- I'm Interesting. Picturing. Well, that doesn't matter. So going on, <laughs> the sky at the time was cloudless. The flakes were from one to one to four inches square and looked like fresh beef. I like fresh beef. Wait, your guess was one to three inches, and your it says one to four inches. Are you really guessing if you know what it's going to say? I haven't read this in a couple of weeks, so in a way, it was an <laughs> educated. In a couple of weeks, it was an educated. It's okay, Marina. Fuck off. Um, so I already had the answer, but I just didn't read it for a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> However, according to the opinion of quote two gentlemen who tasted it, ew. The I substance can't is stop either eating things, things that fall from the sky. Yeah. I'm gonna eat it. All right, we need to get over this because it happens in almost I every. Just, I just I don't case. feel like I should have Everyone's to tell anyone not to sky eat sky flesh. things. Everyone's eat sky eating meat. the shit that comes out of the sky. There are so many. That I decided to not include. It's making eating the sugar sound less weird to me. Now I'm like, oh, I'd stick a rock in my mouth that fell from the sky. Sure. But like if I see a chunk of meat fall from the sky, hell no. 100% I'm not going to do a chunk of meat, but I would do a crystal of some sort. Right. Because crystals don't expire. I'd at least lick it. Yo. Yeah. I would lick it. I cut out so (laughs) many tales from today's podcast that ended with the townspeople ate it. Yeah, they did. It's also a biblical tale. That's also including this of like the group of people that were fleeing Egypt in the Exodus, having wheat rain down upon them, and they made bread from it and ate that. You shit. mean the Jewish refugees from that were previously I enslaved? Thought frogs rained down. They also that's also a part of it. That's another. I no, also cut all of this before. out. So like a lot of the plagues of Egypt can be attributed to what we're talking about you today. All... July, according to Mr. Leopold Brandeis, writing in the Sanitarian, Kentucky's meat shower was explained. The substance that fell was nothing more than nostoc. Quote. What's a nostoc? A low form of vegetable existence. What? How how is it meat if it's a vegetable existence? So wait, it was raining impossible burgers. <laughs> Unfortunately, this less alarming description did not prevail for long. Dr. A. Mead Edwards, president of the Newark Scientific Association. Wait, his Association. middle Stop. name is Meat? Mead. You said meat. Yeah, you did say meat. I was like, he's a meat. Scientist and his middle name is Meat. He's not meat. meat. He's not Meat Man. He's Mead Man. <laughs> I'm Doctor Meat. Wish it was Doctor Meat. Doctor Meat found. But also Doctor Meat is very good. It um, is. So it doc- is good, but Doctor Meat is better. Um, You're saying Meat again. I am He's now intentionally. Doctor Meat, president of the Newark Scientific Association, called on Mr. Brandeis to see if he could obtain a specimen of the original material. Mr. Brandeis kindly gave him the whole sample with the information that he had himself had obtained it from a doctor in Brooklyn who had in turn been given it to by Professor Chandler. I'm confused. What? So yeah, me too. It, it doesn't. No, all of that's superfluous. That's all bullshit. It just people passing. No, meat. it fell from the sky in Kentucky, but yeah. they did a test like against some other meat that they got from Brooklyn. That's very confusing. right. And um, um, is that? Shortly after this letter from Dr. Alan McLean Hamilton appeared. No, not Southern. <laughs> I'll kill all of you. 
Dr. J.W.S. Arnold made a microscopic examination of the material from the Kentucky meat shower supplied to him by Professor Chandler. He added that they had identified the substance as lung tissue from a human infant or horse. What the fuck? Wait, how is it infant or horse? How do you get from horse to or infant? Following up. I've got a lot quote, of questions. Quote, <laughs> the structure of the organ in question in these two cases being very similar. How is baby horse the same as baby human infant? Also, how did lung meat? Lung meat? How'd you go from lung meat? How'd you get lung meat? Wait. First of all, that gives me the idea that they already had a baby's lung and a horse's lung that they tested for the similarity. He got it. They keep them in a jar in the laboratory. It's like the Museum of Death. Yeah. yeah, Museum of Death in LA, which is a very good... Wait, I'm not sure if it's do still they legitimately have a museum? It's very yeah, good. It's, it's I did nice. almost pass out. I had to stand in a little room where they just had animals and like weird stuff and stare at the butterflies because I was going to actually pass out. It was gnarly. Um, They had a lot of really interesting shit. But of all the memorabilia of all of like Richard Rodriguez's shit and fucking John Wayne Gacy's shit, and what sticks out to me the shit. most in my memory is actually there's a small fetus in a jar that says donated by Dave Navarro. And god damn the it. The tattoo artist? No, the the guitarist. The, but he's also From a Red tattoo Hot artist, Chili isn't Peppers, he? right? Fuck you, Jane's Addiction. The guitarist oh, and Jane's Sorry, Jane's I got that Amanda. 90s alt band wrong, Tucker. <laughs> sorry, um, Tucker no, unironically loves the Red Hot Chili Peppers, so he would know specifically whether or not it was Flea. That's well, fair. Well, well, to be fair, um, no, Miranda's uh, confusion. Miranda's confusion has holds water because Flea and Red Hot Chili Peppers are very good friends. And Forrest, who were uh, uh, Flea, no, actually you mean did Dave play. Yes, yeah. well, no, I, no, no. Let me finish my story. Flea <laughs> played bass in uh, Jane's Addiction for a whole tour while they he needed when they needed a bassist. And then Dave Navarro actually did play guitar in the Red Hot Chili Peppers for an album when John Frusciante was. See, that out. makes me feel better because I just felt dumb. <laughs> no, you're good. Isn't he the leader of Ink Master? Dave Navarro, that reality show, the reality show it. Ink Master, probably. Well, we're really far off. So we're talking about baby lungs. So baby lungs and horse lungs, I do not think are similar. They size alone. Well, I, I would guess. say that size alone <laughs> makes no sense. White the male doctors lungs. in the 1850s would disagree. White male doctors in the 1850s were probably like fucked up off some like they were on cocaine, cocaine. Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> White male doctors have no medical history to draw upon because they refused to learn from Asia or Africa or South America, so they literally had nothing. After reading this letter, Dr. Edwards called on Dr. Hamilton and was again rewarded with a sample in question, this time with the information that two samples had been sent from Kentucky to the editor of The Agriculturist, who had given them to Professor Chandler. I don't know why this book makes such a big deal out of really tracking where things went. It reminds me of the Devil in the White City, where they're like, and they then really break down. There was a letter. The and timeline. There was another letter. I think that's just how they wrote back then. Yeah, but if this you is... read like um, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame Victory, Hugo breaks down all that shit like that. It's very important to them. It is. It was super important because nothing but, else I mean, was happening. It's, it's great for the historical record. 
I was excited to get a letter in the 1800s. I mean, without that kind of shit, we would not be able to figure out a lot of things when it comes to, like, tracking where... Tracking where baby lungs fell from the sky? Yeah, exactly. Do you know when you used to get mail? No. It would just be, like, addressed... Let's not have a Seinfeld discussion. It would just be addressed to, like, John from Jackerville or whatever, Mm -hmm. and that's it. They would just Like, no address. They'd just say, like, Miranda from Seattle. Yeah, and mail got to you. Wow, what good mailman. Right? Yeah. The federal mail system Mail people, you're right. Bye, stamps. Excuse me, mail people. Thank you. Wow, that was a really good... That was a good tangent. It was. And Mm -hmm. you almost wanted to stop it. I I did. I almost uh, almost wanted to kill that baby in the cradle. Like the total podcast Grinch that you are. Wow. Please continue about the, where the letters went. The letters, though. Dr. Edwards now had possession of both samples of boy and horse meat. He confirmed Dr. Hamilton's identification and identified the sample given to Mr. Bandice as also being lung tissue, although it was less well-preserved. Soon after, Dr. Edwards was shown a microscopic slide of a third sample of the Kentucky meat, which had been given to Professor J. Finn. Stop telling me all the names! Blah, 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 blah. If the slide revealed to the observer Meat, that the material was quote. Names. Do you think Dr. Edwards is Tara's great, 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 great? No, great I uncle? don't. The, the slide revealed <laughs> to the observer that the material was quote, undoubtedly muscular fiber. Famous Tara, who has not yet been on the show, but will be at some point. As a postscript to the story, Dr. Edwards relayed a theory of the event passed on to him by Mr. Parker. Because once again, we need to know every fucking step of the. If, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm sorry. Uh, according to the local people of Kentucky, the meat was probably disgorged by buzzards. Ew. Quote, and they ate it? Who, as is their custom, seeing one of their companions disgorge himself immediately followed suit. End quote. So vultures so observe... They ate buzzard vomit? No. Vultures in the, in the sky. But they did eat it, right? Oh, yeah, they ate it. The Kentuckians... Yeah, Wait, they, if they, they cooked it, I mean, it's not an amazing way to find meat, but if they cooked it... it w- w- oh, actually, let, let's step back a second. Miranda, if you would, describe an amazing way to find meat. You say that this is an unamazing way to find meat. I <laughs> would really, really like to tell you. From the sky is not a good the way to find meat. The amazing way to find meat is Chris Hemsworth cooking, mm. you know, steaks in my kitchen. I come home from work and he's like making me steaks in my kitchen. And he's wow, a good you landed it. That, that actually, that is, that is an amazing an way amazing to find way meat. That's an amazing way to find meat. I'm saying. Good. That is a yeah, very good way to find meat. That would be the best way to find meat. I would like meat. to find meat like that. <laughs> he's got an apron. Oh, wow. No, he has an apron. He's got to protect himself, but he's Oh, yeah, but he's naked under the apron, yeah. which is yeah. like the sexiest yeah. way to cook. Sexy apron. Yeah. Damn, okay. Yeah, you you landed that. And I'm telling you that eating half vomited buzzard meat that fell from the sky at some point after the buzzard previously vomited it is not the best way to eat well, think about okay this. did he vomit it or did he just drop it from something that he couldn't eat buzzard looking at another buzzard buzzard sees a buzzard vomiting goes on oh, that looks good and they all just start puking Don't make the noise so as to how many That's buzzards would be required to cover five thousand square yards with disgorged meat or what height they may have been flying would, to be invisible was not suggested. That's where the story ends. We don't have the uh, the. It is the mysteries of the empirical unexplained. the empirical data to say I mean, how many vultures would be required. Big birds. They would need a lot in order to not see a buzzard, like and enough buzzards to drop. Yeah, you meat. need like a 
fleet. You need a flock of buzzards. Yeah, it's like, how would you not see something? Someone would have seen something. It was very cloudy that day. No, it wasn't. No, it, no clouds. It was a clear day. Yeah, no clouds. No clouds. Then I don't know. All right. Well, Maddie can't solve it. <laughs> it's beyond me. Now we're going to unidentified material. Yay! Sticky. It is. We're going to start here in uh, Southern Ireland. A foul-smelling substance, the consistency of butter, fell over large areas of Southern Ireland in the winter and spring of 1696. According to the Bishop of Cloyne, this, quote, stinking dew fell in, quote, <laughs> lumps, often as big as the end of one's finger. And also, uh, interestingly enough, it's like in the butter. account of this of said ploin, fingers capitalized. Fingers capitalized. Mm, it's the capital finger. So they're cut off. It was quote soft, clammy, and of a dark yellow color. End quote. The cattle in the fields where it what fell continued to feed as usual, according to Dr. Robert Vans of Kilkenny. It's in the mood. I am in a mood, y'all. I'm trying to tell my butter story. Yeah, let him tell it, I guess. The local people believe the, quote, butter was a useful medicine and collected it in pot and pans and ate it. They ate it. They all ate it. I'm still confused about what is a dark yellow butter because I've never seen a dark yellow butter ever. It's It's like Irish butter is darker yellow. Like when you get that, like... What is it? Um, cure butter. It's like it's darker yellow than our butter. Oh, or I'm sorry, ghee. I didn't know you imported your butter from mm-hmm. Ireland. Ghee is darker, is it not? Ghee is fermented butter. It's not the same. Yeah. Well, so ghee is not butter at all. But ghee well, it's is not fermented. It's like high. It's, it's not dairy. Butter. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah, it's butter. So I feel like that could be an environmental thing. Like, what if, like, people were burning a whole bunch of stuff and it went up into the atmosphere and that's what made, like, the weird, like, di- like, I like that you I like, I that's love that you're called. formulating he hypotheses. Is clarified better. No, that's great, because that's all going to play in in the end. No, this is good. I, I'm being genuine right now when I say that. All right. He contains a higher concentration of fat than butter. Because no I assume that we did not have great like waste disposal back in the day. We no. don't have good waste. We don't have we, you're, yeah, we don't now. have it now. Fair, fair, fair. But I'm saying like but we know, now know the impact of like poor waste and disposal. We just but they it. probably didn't realize that like you couldn't just like burn or like it become stars. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't enough know enough about stars, stars to dispute, dispute it. Yeah. Jinx. All I right. feel like it's I jinxed disgusting. him, America, and you hear him still talking. So hey, Tucker does not respect a jinx. This is international. Okay. World. I... World, you heard me jinx Tucker. Shanghai, <laughs> 1846. Wait, wait, I'm still cut up about the size of the tips of the fingers. Capital fingers, butter size. That's well, disturbing to me. Yeah, oh, it's disturbing to a me A centimeter well. is like about the tip of your finger. Yeah, but this is America. No, that's t- my, the tip of my finger is definitely three centimeters. Around the finger measurement. From t- tip to first knuckle, that's definitely three centimeters. No, 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 no. Y'all, we're going to have a lot more to get through before we need to start measuring fingers. Okay, sorry. No, you, no, 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 apologize. All right, Shanghai, China, 1846. An olive gray powder fell. Under microscopic... Wait, stop, exa- stop. Olive gray? Mm-hmm. Gray-green. Yeah, gray-green. Weird way to say it, though. Mm, you're Olive a weird person. Green. Under microscopic examinations of the powder, it seemed to consist of two kinds of hair. When observed through a more powerful instrument, the substance was declared to consist of... A kind of algae. 
When the fibers were burnt, however, they gave off, quote, the common ammoniacal smell and smoke of burnt hair or feathers, end quote. (laughs) According to the report, this skyfall covered an area of 3,800 square miles. Can you say the name of the algae again? Because I'm pretty sure I heard cafe. It's kafurfe. 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 It's like kafurfe, but it's kafurfe. Isn't that something Trump said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah don't be distracted by Trump here. We're talking about olive green powder that burns and smells like ammonia in China. America, Shanghai. I will not let things fall from the sky. That's your Trump? I don't like that. I know it's not That's good. your it's Trump? Not good. It's not that, was, good. that doesn't sound like... He's basically an orange troll and he sounded very much like a human. Yeah. I felt compelled then to try my own take at it, but we're not going to make this podcast that. Yeah. You Every literally do all the impressions. I know. But do a mid-Atlantic. Okay. Then Olive Gray fell from the sky in Shanghai in 1846. Olive Gray fell from the sky in 1846. All right. At the Uh, end there, you had an inflection. We're talking about news reports and the fucking Kennedys banging each other when the... But some mid-Atlantic is like half British because that's what they would teach actors then. It would be half British, half American. You're half British. You're half British. Nut-sized lumps of odorless gray resinous matter fell on Vilna, Lithuania, during a rainstorm on April 4th, 1846. When the material was burned, it released a pervasive sweet smell. After being soaked in water for 24 hours, it swelled and seemed completely gelatinous. So they burned it? That's better than eating it. Wait, yeah. what year was this? 1846? Probably, like, pollution. Or, Probably. like, industrial runoff. I'm excited. I like. I love that you're formulating so much. I mean, the meat is unexplainable. I can't explain that. We'll get that. to the meat! Ed Moots is working in the garden of his house on Bull Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, at 5.30 p.m. on July 22nd, 1955. So this is, this is fresh. Suddenly, a few drops of warm red liquid fell on his arms and hands. In a few moments, the red rain was falling all around him. Out of the cloud came a dark protuberance. And it was from that that the red, quote-unquote, rain, end quote, was falling. Right onto a peach tree in his garden. I looked up, said Mr. Moots, and hanging directly above me, about a thousand feet in the air, was the strangest cloud I had ever seen. It wasn't a big cloud, but it certainly did have odd colors. It was dark green, red, and pink. The red in it matched the color of the substance which hit me and the tree. I could see that whatever it was was raining down on me was coming from that cloud. I watched the cloud for a minute, trying to figure out what it was. And then my bare arms and hands, where the drops had hit me, began to burn. They really hurt. It felt like I had put turpentine on an open cut. I ran for the house and washed it off real good with some and warm water. Does he paint her? Is that why you know what turpentines? No, back back in the fifties, I actually thought about this myself. Back in the fifties, people just used turpentine for everything. Oh, is that why in Bioshock he's just dumping turpentine on top of his open hand wounds? Yeah, and that's it's like more like a fine. cleaning agent. Also, good Reed Faulkner. Thanks. In fact, the quote rain looked like blood. It was somewhat oily and sticky to I the touch. I think he got that it was red. The following morning, Ed Moots discovered that his peach tree had died, along with the grass beneath it, and all the young fruit had shriveled on the stem. There were no plains in the area, 
At the time of the rain, it seems unlikely that a chemical plant or factory could have produced a cloud capable of hovering over a single spot for several minutes. Representatives of the U.S. Air Force came to interview Mr. Moots and remove samples of the tree, fruit, and grass. If they discovered anything, they kept it to themselves, and the nature of the deadly rain remains a mystery. Iron, like, yeah, Iron that's what makes red. blood red, There's and I, a, bet, I bet it was some kind of, again, but some kind of thing that we were doing in the 50s, like some yeah. factory that was going up into the sky. There's a there's a uh, waterfall in Antarctica that runs red and looks, uh, they call it the blood falls because it looks like right. blood. I, I want to see Because it's a deposit, yeah, it's amazing. It's iron. a deposit of iron in the glacial sediment onto plants and animals. Plants and animals, yes. Police in Dublin Fish. on the night of May 9th, 1867 took shelter from an onslaught of nuts or berries that fell from the sky in, quote, great quantities and with great force, end quote, during a, quote, tremendous rainfall, end quote. The berries were described as being in the form of a very small orange, about half an inch in diameter, black in color, and when cut across, seems to have been made of a hard brown wood. It sounds like drunk walnuts or like <laughs> what are squishy drunk walnuts? Yeah, explain drunk walnuts. It's like they're walnuts, but they're squishy. Tight. According to one observer, <laughs> the objects were quote simply hazelnuts preserved in a bog for centuries. End quote. How they had come to fall from the sky, however, was not explained. How they came from the sky? Yeah. Probably a, a hurricane sucked it up. All right, you're all you're all catching on to this faster than I expected, and it'll be fun. A rain of living snakes fell over the southern part of Memphis, Tennessee, in 1877. They wait, measured wait, wait, living snakes. Living snakes. They measured from a foot to 18 inches in length and were <gasps> presumed to have been swept into the air by a hurricane. But where snakes might exist in such abundance uh, is unclear. That's they fell by the thousands. It says. Horrifying! What kind yeah. of snake are they? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't list it. Yeah, you all thought Sharknado wouldn't ever happen, but look, it's Snake Nado. Snake Nado is insane. Fucking snakes <laughs> fell from the sky. I would go back to being Catholic because fuck that biblical bullshit. Fuck it. That's a god level bullshit plague. An by the thousands. Would you want to fall from the sky? Oh, all right, here we go. No, yeah. no, no. If you had a choice of animal, frogs, any, salmon, any animal, salmon, frogs. I would want. I want tiny frogs. Terrain bunnies. I think that would be really cute. I would die. Tucker would die. He's allergic to bunnies. I got actually fucked up yesterday well, that, in that barn. That makes it even better because I. Yeah, hate that's you. true. Fuck y'all. <laughs> all right, we're moving on to our fourth and final topic. What? There's no more animals, but you didn't say any fish stories, Tucker. Let's talk about recent fish stories. There was one that just happened in Texas. We'll get there. You didn't get there. I'm gonna. But that's still a plant and animal topic. No, we're going on to aliens now. So we mentioned angel hair at the top of the story. Pasta? In a way. Angel hair is essentially a material that has been observed falling from the sky in a lot of these. So angel hair is a phenomenon. Yeah, that doesn't pick up because it's an audio medium. Well, everyone knows what I'm doing. Yeah. (laughs) Stop kissing my wife. Um, so... Wow. Sultry. <laughs> this is an NSFW podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so angel hair is uh, a description given to a phenomenon where uh, like thin wispy material is falling out of the air, akin to like cobwebs or like a fine silk. 
But usually it's a lot. It's tensile strength is strong, so you can't actually pull it apart. Well, that it's does stronger. make it really like and silk, because silk is pretty strong. Truly. Silk and also spiderwebs are incredibly strong. A lot of these cases have kind of dismissed as situations in which a large spider colonies have done that fun, funky thing where they shoot their butt webs into the sky oh in God. order to, like, move and travel. Those are my worst nightmares. Yeah, no, truly, yeah. And there's, and there's just tons <laughs> of spiders is, floating yeah, through the sky. Red striped spiders, they land everywhere and they fly through the sky down. Ah! But the interesting ones are in the ones in which no spiders are reported. And actually, in researching this episode, I looked up videos of those spider migrations, and it's the worst thing I've ever oh, seen no, 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 when no, you no. just have a thousand spiders literally in the sky. Like sky paratroopers. No. It sucks. Spider skies. No. So. Among the numerous reports of, quote, angel hair is an interesting subgroup that associates falls of this fibrous material with the appearance of unidentified flying objects, which I would also call UFOs. When would the abbreviate? The following that? report by P.L. Lewis, Maddie's grandfather, was published in Weather, don't April 1949. Don't about my grandfather. You don't know my grandfather. He was in Okinawa. Sunday, I, September 26, 1948, Fort Hope, Ontario. This day was warm and the sky cloudless. We had dinner in the garden and I was laying on my back in the lawn, which sounds lovely. Hmm. Also, I was reading this as I was going to bed. He goes on to say in the next sentence that it's two o'clock. He just finished dinner and he was laying on his back in the lawn. That's an early fucking dinner. Or was it two o'clock a.m.? Either way. There's no, there's no two o'clock where dinner makes sense. I was laying on my back in the lawn, my head just in the shade of the house, when I was startled to see an object resembling a star moving rapidly across the sky. The time was two o'clock, Eastern Standard Time, as I had mentioned earlier. At first, it was easy to imagine that recent reports of, quote, flying saucers, end quote, had not been exaggerated. More of these objects came sailing into view over the ridge of the house, only to disappear when nearly overhead. With field glasses, I was able to see that each was approximately spherical, the center being rather brighter than the edges. The glasses also showed quite a number at such heights that they were invisible to the naked eye. With only a goal flying in the sky for comparison, I should estimate the elevation of the lower objects to be about 300 feet, and the higher ones 2,000 feet. The size was about one foot in diameter, and the speed was about 50 miles per hour in the direction southwest. Southwest? Southwest. Are you Patrick southwest, Star? Southwest Patrick Star says southwest. Northeast. Also visible now and then. Also visible now and then were long threads, apparently from spiders. Some of these were seen to reflect the light over a length of three to four yards, but any one piece may, of course, have been longer. Each was more or less horizontal, moving at right angles to its length. In one case, an elongated tangled mass of these gave the appearance of a frayed silken cord. These threads appeared only in the lower levels. It is reasonably certain that these objects... What does it mean by lower levels? Uh, just lower to the ground. Okay. It is reasonably certain that these objects were balls of spider's threads, possibly with thistle-blown entangled, entangled in them. I don't know what thistle-down. Thistle-down. It's thistle from down. the plant of a thistle. It's yeah. like, it's kind of like silk fibers, but it's like thicker and coarser. It's like you think about dandelions when they're white. It's like that, but for a thistle. Yeah. Kick-ass. It's reasonably certain that these objects were balls of spider's threads, possibly thistle-down, entangled in them. But the way in which they caught the rays of the sun and shone so brightly was very striking. That's my tale. Like, there's a lot of these tales that I've cut out 
of today's episode, but like a lot of them wherein stones will fall on one house for like three weeks or rain will fall on one 10 square yard locality for a month. Far be it for me to be the Velma in the Scooby gang, but I feel like there's a logical explanation for a lot of these. You know what I mean? Is this a situation where you wish you were a Daphne, but you're actually a Velma? Yeah, which is like my life, man. I always want to be the Daphne, but I feel like I'm always the Velma. I've always wanted to be a Velma, but maybe I'm actually a Disney Daphne. Ooh. Switch? So would you... (laughs) That's hot. Um... So what do we think about the UFO angle? People have said that lots of things seem like UFOs, you know. All right, so I think we don't it think makes anything the about... definition of unidentified flying object. If I'm saying yes, I think it is an an unidentified flying object. Sure, I don't think it's a fucking flying saucer from fucking Mars, whatever. And if it, if it was this is a the family f- podcast, Maddie. If it was the fifties, you know, that could be a lot of things. They were testing missiles. Then they were flying airplanes. Like they were doing tons of fucked up government shit right there's lots of things that that possibly could have been glad that came to an end so do you want to talk about recent events yeah recent past the 1800s you said you mean like that time i threw fish guts off a building the last one was was the 1950s thing yeah well last month in january 2022 in texarkana texas fish fell from the sky that is where the town that dreaded sundown took place it sure is Quote, there was a loud crack of thunder. When we opened up the bay door, I looked outside and it was raining real hard. Ostrich said. A fish hit the ground, and then I said, it's raining fish. It really is. Truly a, um, It's raining fish. Hallelujah. hallelujah. It's, it's raining, raining fish. Oh, God, I want it to rain men. Amen. So yeah, no, a bunch of fish fell in Texarkana. Um, that, it seems like I'm giving that undue credit. Because I'm moving on. But I'm moving on from that because we'll get to why I feel like that's not all that weird in just a moment. I was also, Texas I had a theory. Texas is close to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting to that. that. Yeah. And um, there's like water spouts in the Gulf. And then additionally, two weeks after that, soybeans fell in Ontario. Beans? Soybeans. So the husks of soybeans. Okay, but that's also not weird because in the whole middle of the United States, Monsanto is taking over everything and they mostly grow soybeans because they're like high in... Well, it's because of government subsidies. Beans? Soybeans. <laughs> so it doesn't... It makes total sense to me that in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, there's like a little dust storm because they have... Yeah, but Maddie, this no is Ontario. Anything. Yeah, and then... This isn't bumfuck nowhere. Mm. Yeah, but the Canada. dust storm was in bumfuck nowhere, and it blew up into the sky and then landed in Ontario. That's not that far. And Ontario it's like, isn't it, like a you know a metropolitan oasis. Jesus Christ! You you both know that eighty percent of our listeners are from Ontario, right? And also, I don't think anyone's listening from Canada. If you're listening from Canada, sorry about the truckers. Give a comment because I don't think you exist. If you're listening from Canada, thank you so much. Especially my cousin Jenny, you're the best. They're like my Canadian girlfriend. Also. <laughs> I want to piggyback off now. of Ontario being basic. Okay. It is the basic bitch, uh, like Toronto. Jesus like, let's Christ. all be real. Like I just said we have the majority of our listeners are Canadian. Great. Have they'll they'll know Canada? they'll know what I mean. Yes, I've been to Canada. I haven't been to Canada yet, dude. We should go. Vancouver's dope. That's okay. tight. Let's not talk about this on the podcast. How anyway, about you eat a dick, Tucker? I would love to present it. Common explanations. 
for the phenomena of animal rain come down to two main theories. Water spouts, water spouts. and updrafts. We said water spouts. Water spouts and what? Updrafts. updrafts. Water spouts being the more accepted of the two. But updraft is essentially like a windstorm, right? We'll get to it. We'll get to it's it. It's a wind going to, up. To put it succinctly, a water spout, or specifically, or tornadic water spout, tornadic, tornadic, is merely a tornado that forms over land and travels over the water. Tornadoes are always over land. Hurricanes are over water. It was a snake-nado. It was a snake-nado. Though not as strong as land-based tornadoes, these water spouts can reach speeds of up to 100 miles per hour. And I actually found out last night they can go up to 160. So I'll just put that, put that in your back pocket. I found that out last night. An article from the Library of Congress goes on to say, quote, Like a tornado, a mature water spout consists of a low-pressure central vortex surrounded by a rotating funnel of updrafts. The vortex at the center of these storms is strong enough to, quote, suck up surrounding air, water, and small objects like a vacuum. These accumulated objects are, you fucking children, are deposited back to the earth as, quote, rain when the water spout loses its energy. And, quote, what is funny? Well, what I heard when you said, like yeah. a tornado, is I heard in my head the state Like farm a tornado, has- State Farm is there. Right! Daddy, I was going to say that! Oh my god, the same, like a tornado, State Farm is there, 100%. It was the same rhythm you said it in. Yeah, you said it in that You were rhythm. like, like a tornado. State Farm is there. Oh, Tucker's angry. Oh my god, that's golden. It was good. Fish, heavy, followed by insects, lighter, followed by rain, lightest, for example. Okay, that's a little bit more explanation-y. So they're divided by weight class in the same sense that, like... As the storm so I guess loses that's energy. the UFO things could be. It's like they were dumping the heaviest things out first. People saw that, thought it was a UFO, and then the, like, blood started to rain. This phenomenon might also account for those reports of red and yellow clouds that I had mentioned earlier. Clouds red and contain, yellow? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Red, yellow, and black clouds were red the yellow, reported... I heard red and yellow. Right, yeah. Clouds contain large or even small quantities of dust, soil, debris, or lo- land butter would most certainly take on a strange yeah, hue or earth tone. Curling land butter. You got me with land butter. Do you like how I write, Miranda? You got me with land butter. It's curdling. It's now, curdling it, says, it says here in my script, to reference the map, which you already also looked at. That's definitely a map. So middle what's of the, the United what's the States commonality the you East, see there? California. They're no, all like by it's bodies both on of water. the coast. Yeah. It's all very coastal. Except for this part in like Kansas Central or Europe. something. But that also might be near a lake. Right? Maybe. I mean, I guess the British Isles are like an isle and then like Do you you think? The Mediterranean, <laughs> but it's like the middle of Europe. So you're welcome everybody. Updrafts are bringing rancid butter across the prairie, whereas tornadic water spouts are transporting jellyfish from the sea and dumping them on Kent. And due to changes in the strength of the air current, it, as it loses energy, objects of similar weight collectively giving you the sense that one of their kind has rained on a specific location fall one at a time. Thanks again, science. You've taken all the fun and mystery out of life. A certain air of mystery still surrounds these events. If we are to believe that water spouts, updrafts, and tornadoes lift these objects from the ground or bodies of water, then evenly deposit them based on their weight, then two questions do indeed remain. The first being the question of weight. As we have observed, some water spouts have been able to completely empty small lakes, streams, 
in extreme cases, even a harbor, as in the case of Christians in Norway. Why then would the items collected in these instances not include varying objects of similar weight and unload those, say, trout along with the same weight of, like, say, mud? Why don't we see frogs weighing the same thing as stone falling on location? Frogs are probably lighter than stones, actually. Well, well, well no, I'm opening a, it up. I'm opening this up to discussion. I think right it's now. a density issue. Might be dense. These water spots have sucked up a full pond. Mm-hmm. There are not. There's no way that one item there has the same. Just in uh, across the board, it's just fish. If like the wind tunnel or whatever is carrying these things up, mm-hmm. water spots. Water spout, thank you. Updraft. Updraft, water spout. Even if it's the same weight as, like, a bunch of stones, the frog density is going to be different. So I feel like if it's enough to carry frogs, it's probably not heavy enough to carry stones. No, it would be. What is? I feel like stones are generally heavier than frogs. Because what I'm talking about is, like, even Otherwise, if it was pebbles. comparable weight. What I'm talking about is there are instances where they... Because you, you have all the contents of that pond, and so you're distributing it based on weight and density. But I feel like the stones are kind of just on the bottom of the pond and not really picked up. Oh, all right. Then leave stones out of it, and let's talk about, like, algae or, like, uh Well, that's probably why the frogs would be rained down first, because the they're pressure... Heavier than algae. They're heavier. Yeah. The pressure would so then dissipate... Why does it- Assuming that a water spout has sucked up all the contents of a body of water and has begun dribbling a metric fuck ton of eels on the people of Vancouver, why then would we not see like a direction of air dropping lighter items along its path? Why wouldn't we see like eels in Vancouver and fucking rocks in Ontario and then rain? I mean, I would say because weather patterns are random. Like it's not gonna go on a path. Sure, sure, maybe not a path, but just, like, all of these examples that I've laid out are just localized. There's no directionality to them. There's no, like, you make a good point about a path, but, like, why not just, like, a circle of, like, fish, rocks, mud? (laughs) That's not how weather works. I guess I I don't know how weather works. I guess not. Okay, closing piece. No, it's the closing piece. God damn it. I'll do one, you do one. Dueling closing pieces. At Marsala, on the western coast of Sicily, a small dark cloud appeared in a calm sky. It gradually increased in size and eventually shed a shower of stones on the town, some of which damaged roofs and slates. The appearance of a small dark cloud, often red, yellow, or black, in an otherwise clear sky, has often been reported as heralding a deluge of bizarre material. That's it. Ah. That's what you want to end on. All right. Lastly, I want to leave you all with this succinct and profound parable that has been sitting with me, riding shotgun in my mind, uninvited, mind you, ever since first learning of it. A carpenter, working on the roof of his house near Dusseldorf, Germany, on January 10th, my birthday, 1951, died after being impaled by a shaft of ice. It was six feet long, six inches in diameter, and fell from the fucking sky. He's basically Jesus, but impaled by ice shaft. A giant shaft of ice fucking fell and killed that dude. Ice storm. Never leave your house. 
He's in the. He was impaled by Aisha. That's how people die in the Black Christmas movie. Never leave your house. That's the right? end. They get impaled by icicles. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's thank always you, fun to have you. Guest. Yeah, I had fun, except for when Tucker scream read stories. Yeah, at no, me it's from been, a book. It's been really good, except for when you've been here. So, like, it, <laughs> wow. I, I've enjoyed this week. It's always fun. I mean, I can't can't thank you enough for joining us again. Like, the fact that you're listening means the world. I mean, Miranda doesn't, yeah, and she's on the say, show. Yeah, you've done better than me. Yeah. If you would like to send us some really cool stories of things falling from the sky, please send us emails to addstoryteller at gmail.com. We love to get emails and corrections. Love both of those things. No, also, tell your friends so we can actually have a podcast where people listen to it. We love that kind of shit. And if you don't have friends, tell your, tell your mom. Tell your coworker. Mom likes us. Blast it on social media. Throw it at people at cafes. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. It was fun. Thanks.